Welcome back to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. Taxly offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxly show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxly.com to learn more. I'm your host, Alex Meacham, former Bearcat basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the Hall of Fame coach, Bob Huggins. And I'm Neil Meyer with the Front Office News. And I'm J.T. Smith, Editor-in-Chief of the Front Office News. All right, fellas, let's jump right into it and recap the Memphis game. The Bearcats lose to Memphis 73-76 to at the FedEx Forum. J.T., thoughts on the Bearcats' performance? Man, so it was like a tale of two halves. I feel like first half, Memphis pumped them. And second half, the Bearcats changed it up and uh, kept fighting, which you want to see. They won the glass, which was great. But you know how we say, you know how my thing is control the glass and don't have a lot of turnovers. The Bearcats didn't hear me about the turnover part. And this isn't – that's something that they don't do. You know, like they, I think it has to be a season high. I haven't checked the, the stats. But normally they're, you know, 15 is high for them. They had 20 against Memphis. Yeah. You lose by what? Three points. Three points, um, yeah. Three points, turn it over like that. Gave Memphis too many easy buckets early, and it bit them, you know, and they fought back. But um, had a couple of things, you know, um, I think who missed the – two people missed front end on one-on-ones. I know it was Nolly and, and Mike Adams-Woods. Now it was J.D. and Mike Adams. Missed the front end on a one-on-one. Yeah, it was J.D. and Mike Adams. Um and those hurt, man. They could have made both of those free throws. It changes a lot of things, too. But um, it fell short, man. But, I mean, I like the fight they showed, but it was just one of those things that Memphis punched them in the mouth early, and it took them a minute to recover. It was kind of like a 12-round title fight. First six, first six, six and a half rounds, it was Memphis. And then UC came back in the last five, five, and a, five to six, but it wasn't enough. Neil, what stuck out to you? Yeah, I think what stuck out to me was obviously the turnovers. Obviously, a season it is a season high. So season high, 20 turnovers uh, compared to Memphis is just eight. But Memphis turned those turnovers into a 24 to 6 differential in terms of points off turnovers and throughout that one. So that's really what stood out to me. I thought Alex Lomax was a huge presence on the defensive end for Memphis. Obviously, he didn't play in the first game. Uh, we spoke to Coach Miller after the game where I asked him uh, his thoughts on Alex Lomax's performance. And uh, he gave a lot of uh, props to Alex Lomax where he said he feels like Alex Lomax is the best defender and best on-ball defender in all of college basketball. He said he felt like he was everywhere tonight. Uh, he, when we talked to him, he hadn't seen the stat sheet uh, just yet, but he felt said he felt like Lomax had about 35 turnovers is what he said. But reality – Alex Lomax play on the defensive end. I mean, there was, I think it was two straight possessions, like back to back where he picked Nolly's pocket, easy layup on the other end. But what stood out to me about that was the turnovers were the key, the key thing to look, but anytime you can win the glass by 10, you're, you're in great hands. I believe it was 39, 29 in terms of the battle on the glass, but overall, like Deandre Williams just continued to, uh, get what he wanted inside. I mean, Memphis really kind of set the tone early, trying to get him involved. Uh, but overall, Memphis, 
it's a tough team. It's going to be a tournament team. Um, they're they're really impressive uh, to watch, especially up close and personal. Since I was in Memphis for this one, uh, but overall, it, that's a good Memphis team. So, but if you limit the turnovers there, it's a different ball game. So even if you cut them just in half, maybe not even just half, maybe cut it down from twenty to even just twenty to fifteen, the Bearcats still could have came out with uh, a win in that aspect, especially after their fight to the end, because they they could have rolled over. Uh, especially at the halftime, they trailed 11 at the half, but they could have could have rolled over, but they chose not to. They fought back, and uh, Coach Miller really gave a good attest to that. He said this team will do anything. Uh, he said they play their best when their back's in the corner, and uh, he kind of wishes they didn't keep putting their backs in the corner, but uh, this team just continues to find a way uh, to rally back after they've been uh, thrown in a corner early. So you you have to be proud of the fight this team showed on Sunday. All right, so I had AAU tryouts, and I missed the game live. I had to watch the replay. But, JT, it was yeah. good to see the Bearcats play on the road in front of a big crowd. Yeah, 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 for sure. 12,000 people? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was every bit of 12,000 in that place. Like, when I tell you, like, Memphis, their fans bring it, like, that that's a good environment. Like, it – definitely felt like that was a full FedEx forum with all 19,000 people. But I think, I think the crowd was about close to 12,000, as you mentioned, it, it definitely felt like there was 12,000 in there. Um, so Neil, uh, how was your experience? Oh, I, it was a great experience. Uh, obviously, uh, covering this team, it's always fun to go on the road, cover this team, but, uh, the experience was great. The Memphis fans were, uh, I didn't think they were that bad. Obviously, they they heckled Nolly a little bit, but there was some few right behind us who gave some heckling uh, throughout the game, and they continued to go straight to start to finish because we were on the court side. So, uh, right to hear the the uh, the heckling. Uh, apparently, there's one guy courtside who's been sitting there for years and pays a good amount of money to sit there, and he's a good heckler. I'll, I'll give him that. He's he's a good heckler. But overall, it was a good experience. I love the stadium. Uh, the uh, arena is awesome. Uh, John Morant's dad was sitting courtside, so pretty cool to see. Was he wearing his sunglasses? He was. He was wearing a red uh, red tech suit and the sunglasses. Bruh. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I got I to find out what's up with the sunglasses. It's just, is that a cool thing? Has he got some eye issues? JT, I'm going to go with the cool thing. What do you think? Yeah, cool. I'm going to go cool. <laughs> yeah, but- For sure. Overall, it was a great experience down there in Memphis over the weekend. Good, good, man. Well, it, it's it's always great to go on the road and play in front of a big crowd. And listen, once again, this the frustrating part about this game is it kind of sums up the season a little bit in that God, this team is so capable. Yep. Right. It's so. And JT, you get it. A tale of two halves. Down by eleven at half. Win the second half by eight. You yep. know, it's just a it's a tale of two halves. We're capable. We're we're right there. But it's just once again, man. I'm going to talk about this later at the the end of the podcast too. But God, I mean, we could be sitting in a different situation if just some things went differently. You know? Yeah, they they could legit like not even being a homer about it. They could legit have four or five more wins. No question. 
No joke. Like, and then that changes the whole thing. Three changes the whole thing if they're the right wins and you don't lose the bad, have the bad losses. You know what I mean? Yep. And look, I was looking. Juice, Landers, and Micah all played 35 plus minutes. Yep. And DeJoyce yep. was at 39. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, that's that's logging a lot of miles on the tires, folks. Yeah. And, and not to cut you off, you know, remember we talked about, you know, I had Landers as the guy and he had a good second half, but the first half, he didn't play well. And, you know, the coming back home thing, that's what was nervous. That's why I was a little nervous. And then you saw the Bearcats were down and had a lot of turnovers and stuff like that. And you could tell, man, just, you know, coming back to a place you've been at for two years. You know, I didn't know, you know, the emotion might have got to him a little bit early. After a while, he calmed down, you know, they, you know, he started playing way, way, way better. So that's what I was nervous about. And we talked about that in the last pod. Yes, we did. And listen, that's that's natural. First of all, he's a young person. You know, he's a competitive athlete. So oh, for sure, you mix those things together, man. Juices get yeah. flowing, right? Yeah, for sure, man. Because you, you definitely want to show them, you know what I mean? And, and nothing wrong with that at all. It's just yeah. like, man, I was nervous. That's the one thing I was nervous about. So it is what it is. But I just like, man, they just would not, like Neil said, they had 15 turnovers size 20, man. Who knows what happens? And they still, even with the 20 turnovers, if they get like that one, that loose ball that goes that out of bounds, they got to steal, like they make their free throws at the end on a, on a, the on one on ones. Isn't that the one JT where where uh, JD Jeremiah was diving for it and it was going out no, of bounds? Yeah, it was JD and Vic. Yeah, right. In was front that the, of the one? JD, yeah. the one where? Yeah. Okay. Because they got the they got the the Julius came down and hit the layup with like what was it four point eight, and then Memphis went with the quick throw in, and Davis wasn't looking and it went out over the bench by the bench. Yeah. After it got bounced around for a couple of seconds, it yeah. but they had an opportunity to pick it up like. It, the play was right in front of me. The ball bounced around for maybe a good second. Yeah. And then by the time they got it back in, they got the foul. It was like .007. Vic comes down, banks that three. Or yeah. Vic banks the three at 0 0.07. So that's what that yeah. was the difference maker. Yep. Yeah, and the free throws, man. You get that steal. Them free throws killed them, man. As hard as they fought to come back. You know, if you make those free throws. And both of them shoot for free throws well. So it's like, man, you make those, man. It, it changes the whole last, maybe hopefully the last minute or at least half a minute, you know, or 30 seconds, you know. But can't cry or spill milk, right? That's right. And and, and one thing I noticed, too, is, is West, West just rolled with six guys, if you really think about it. And yeah. he went with Odie over Vic down the final stretch for the most part. So... You know, sometimes, you know, obviously the bench shrinks up um, as the season goes along. And sometimes you get into road game battles and that bench shrinks, man. And he, he rolled with seven guys and three of which playing, you know, Juice Landers and Micah playing heavy minutes that game. And yeah. and, and like you guys said, man, the the 20 turnovers, which which isn't the norm. Not the norm at all. No. Right? You can't win on the road with 20 no. turnovers. Especially in an me. environment like Memphis, like a very hostile environment, especially yeah. with the everyone kind of knew what this game would be with Landers coming back to Memphis. Obviously, he spent two years there. Coach Miller kind of talked about on 
the return too. He kind of knew like this city means so much to Memphis, uh, to Landers Nolly uh, in his return to Memphis. He cares about both programs is what coach Miller said post game, but in an environment like that, like you kind of got to know, like it's going to get a little bit of emotional coming back home. So I definitely think that played a little bit of a factor into this one as well. Yeah, the, the turnovers, man. If you if, if you don't watch the game, you see twenty turnovers. You and you I think, think loss, and you wouldn't think it would be that close. So that's the crazy thing. And I think twelve of those twenty turnovers were in the first half, if I remember right. Maybe so. Yeah. Well, once again, this this is a game like we've had before, where we we had chances. Um, to win the basketball game, but you're listening to the Bearcats Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Bearcats take on SMU March 5th, 2 p.m. in Fifth Third Arena. We want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Mio's Pizzeria at 2634 Short Vine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Mio's for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. Let's jump into the Big O segment, sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. In this segment, we cover players to watch and key matchups. JT, who from the Bearcats needs to play well and why? Man, so senior day, I'm going to go juice, man. David Julius, last game at Fifth Third Arena. I just think he wants this. They have one of, those, one of those nice games to leave, you know, going out on. I think – I mean, he's been having at least five assists the last, what, 15 games, right? Am I, am I right on that one? I think like, at least five assists. I think yeah. he goes and gets between – I wouldn't be shocked if he has one of those 17 to 25-point games, five to eight assists, and just does his thing because, you know, it's his last game at the Fifth Third Arena. So, or less, you know, depending on, like, postseason stuff. But – um Yes, last regular season game at fifth third, man. So I'm making on juice to lead the lead the pack one more time and get them Bearcats the 20th win. And if you don't okay. mind if I chime in there to piggyback off of JT there for a second. Uh for people who haven't been following along, there there's gonna be three seniors that walk come Sunday. It's gonna be David DeJulius, Kalua Zepke, and Rob Finnessy. And then uh we actually spoke to Coach Miller earlier in the week about senior day. And he just – he really emphasized on what this program has meant to David DeJulius and the impact he has left, not only just on the program, the University of Cincinnati, but the community as well. And, I mean, people who have checked out our podcast with David DeJulius kind of know that feeling of what he does in the community. But it's good to kind of get the impact of what he's left on the community because Coach Miller actually said that he gets multiple emails and phone calls each week about – how David has been going out in the community, making his mark, not only just at the University of Cincinnati on the basketball court, but also off the court as well. So uh, that's that's very good to hear. Like you said, uh, sometimes David just pops into elementary schools to kind of give back to the kids, the community. So for Bearcats fans, really come out this Sunday and really support those three seniors come Sunday. Yeah, and, and listen, we interviewed Juice. Obviously, we, we know how special he is. And also, I agree with what, what JT is saying in that this is a game, I think, where he goes off because he leaves here. I mean, regardless of how he plays on senior day, he leaves here as a top Bearcat. 
Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't, you know, wherever you rank him, whatever, whatever. But he leaves here as a top Bearcat, and I think he he's he's going to be gunning that game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. not in a bad way, but in a way that he wants to leave out here um, with a big victory and him playing well. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Neil, SMU is ten and twenty right now. Who do we need to watch out for from the Mustangs? Yeah, so with the Mustangs, it all starts with sophomore guard Zariak Phelps. He's the leading scorer for the Mustangs. He's averaging nearly 18 points a game. He's a guy who the Mustangs have heavily relied on here to start this season and throughout this season. Uh, but the last time these two teams faced, we mentioned I mentioned a guy in Zach Nuttall. He is a guy you have to keep an eye on. He's averaging 13 points per game. But another guy who kind of missed some time earlier in the season that came back and popped off versus the Bearcats in the first game was forward Sam Williamson. He finished with eight points but 13 rebounds in the 54-52 uh, to 52 victory for the Bearcats back in January. So the Bearcats got to find a way to win the battle of the glass. This is a team that's going to crash the boards. However, you can't let Williamson get 13 rebounds again, especially with how close the first game was. The Bearcats know SMU has that fight. Obviously, they're coming off a game versus Memphis. But this SMU team is a team you can't really sleep on. The record might say they're 10-20, and 20, on the other hand, or uh, I believe they're 5-11 and 11 in conference play. But overall, this is a team you can't sleep on. They have done some damage control this season within the AAC. But for the Bearcats right now, like a win versus SMU solidifies a top-four seed. For them heading into the AAC tournament, they would get that first round by. So overall, if they can find a way to contain Samuel Williamson on the glass, along with keep Zurich Phelps within a reasonable amount, I think this team is in great hands. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. So Neil, uh, being that the Bearcats beat SMU in the earlier matchup, what type of adjustments offensively and defensively do you think SMU is going to make? Yeah, I think I think offensively, uh, the last time these two teams faced, Landers Nolly went for 16 and 12. Micah Adams-Woods was the second leading scorer uh, during his hot stretch there for, I believe it was eight games or so. Uh, Micah Adams-Woods finished with 16. Uh, Vic and Odie were both held to single-digit scoring, but they really impacted the game on the glass. So I think this time around, you'll see Sam uh, Samuel Williamson, Zach Nuttall uh, in there as well. They're going to try and find a way to get some rebounds. Obviously, they can't. They don't want to allow Odie and Vic to get ten rebounds on the offensive end. So uh, I think they're going to come out this time. I think they might use some different size matchups uh, to really eliminate them, but they're going to come out and try to establish their presence on the glass early. The Big O segment is sponsored by Donahue Accounting Services. For friendly expert tax advice whenever you need it, come to Donahue Accounting Services. A leading accounting firm in Cincinnati, Ohio, our top-notch accountants strive to help you resolve all your financial and tax issues. Call Donahue Accounting Services today for a free consultation at 513-528-3982 or visit online DonahueAccountingService.com. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxly. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden 
at Beachmont Toyota. Now, this is where we cover the keys to the game. JT, what do the Bearcats need to do to win? Broken record, man. Uh, <laughs> they can't have 20 turnovers at home and then you go back to their normal turnover um, output, the 8 to 13 range. And they got to win the, the, the battle of the glass. They've been doing a lot better the last three games. Keep that up and then don't turn the ball over. I think they're in good hands. The broken record. Broken record, man. We've been, you know, what's this? What game is this? This is 30, 31. 31. So, you know, it's going to say it sounds generic and it sounds like I'm just saying the same thing. But you see, you see Memphis. They, if they take care of the ball against Memphis, even with the bad shots here and there. They win that game. They got to do the same. They got to right their wrongs and keep doing good on the glass like they have the last three games. And they can't have a million turnovers <laughs> um, because that's not what you want to do. And if they're going to turn it over, they need to be um, not live ball turnovers. You know what I mean? Because Memphis, I think they scored like 20-some points off a turnover or something like that. Neil. It was 26 to 4. Yeah. So that like ratio that, first Memphis. The thing about it, if that's 12 to 4, you win the game by what? Eight. Not roughly. eight, nine. You know what I mean? Like, so it changes everything. So if you're going to turn over, throw that mug into the student section. <laughs> and, you know, hit that guy who's drinking the Skyline chili off the can. <laughs> Man, they got to hit. Yeah, somebody needs to hit that kid. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I don't. Man, I think that dude's in, uh, indestructible. If you're drinking Skyline out of a can, bro, nothing can stop you. They did need you to see, like. They need the to do a day in the life for him. The next day too. They need to do a day in the life though, because like he's not showing like how he's living after he does it. Like you know, like I, like, like there's no way he's having fun at night. There's or, no way that kid made it through the overtime segment of that Temple game either after doing it. He's not having no fun. He's not enjoying the real fruits of college life doing stupid doing you know, stuff like that. You know, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad we're talking about this. I'm gonna. I got. I gotta hit up the skyline folks and see what. See if they've seen that. They had to have seen that, and what they. Uh, what they think about that? Yeah. Barstool posted like a video the next day for National Chili Day because that was the following day. There was a group of like 20 students that got outside the Oscar, the Big O statue, and they all chugged the can of Skyline. That's just wow. Not living right, man. That's. <laughs> Like I'm just saying, like I, I mean, I done some stupid stuff when I was in college, man. But you ain't chugged. Nah, I ain't chugging no shit. Yeah, I wouldn't. Man. I would not. You might shot, you know, shotgun a beer or something. You <laughs> might drink some stuff a little bit too much and be a little hammered. But at least you're gonna still have fun. Like chugging chili, <laughs> your night's not gonna end how you want it to end. Like all college kids want their night to end a certain way, and I'm pretty sure his is ending up on a toilet or passed out. <laughs> <laughs> Passed out on the toilet. On the toilet. And he might like wake up. <laughs> and if he's too messed up, like he's just like, I don't know, man. Hopefully, people, hopefully, he got some good friends around him. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, he doesn't. <laughs> I, hope, I hope his friends weren't all with him chugging chili the very next day at the big O, but yeah, props man. to him, though, because it takes, it takes some guts to do that, but it could man. not be me. Man. So, all right, no, I'm going to report back. Next podcast, I'm going to reach out to uh, the Skyline owners. I'm going to ask them if they've seen that and get their thoughts. So I'm Yeah, let, let us know. Let us yeah, know. let us know on that one, Meech. I'm going to report whoever's recording the kid, like, need to, like, do a day in the life of him one day after he does that. You want to get him on the pod? 
Oh, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because I don't know. I don't know. It'd be fun for like the, the the people that maybe listen to the pod, but I don't know. I, I ain't got no questions for dude, man. <laughs> I got questions. I ain't got no questions, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with JP. I, I don't think I got irres- anything on that one. He's irresponsible, man. All right, I'll, I'll host the interview. I just got two questions for him. I'll, let, That's cool. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll help set it up. You know what I mean? Like I'm not asking no questions. <laughs> <laughs> we went, we've gone way too long about that dude um for sure now now, now jt it's us uh, uh i'm sorry neil it's uh, senior day that that skyline's got me thrown off dude. Uh, so dude, neil it's it's senior day should be a lot of energy in fifth third arena what do the bearcats need to do to win big yeah in order to win big i think jt hit it earlier you can't have turnovers you can't have a 20 turnover night like they did versus memphis but also the last time these two teams faced it was a close game because uc had their original season high before sunday with 17 turnovers last time these two teams played so they have to find a way to keep that turnovers under 10 we've they've been good about it most of the season to keep that number under 10 if they can keep the turnovers under 10 and dominate the boards. I mean, they won the boards last time. I mean, you look down, you see Odie with 10. You see Vic with 10. That's great. That's the numbers you want. But if they can get another solid night on the boards like that and keep the turnovers under 10, this team should be in great hands. The Kenyon segment is sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Now, um, let, let, let's – okay, I want, I want to talk about a couple things for, for this game. Um, with SMU, they they seem to be, and Neil, help me out with this. They seem to be very inconsistent this year, right? Like they'll they'll go on a little bit of a losing streak, and then they'll they'll beat somebody you don't think they're going to beat based on going on a losing streak, then go on another losing streak. Very uh, inconsistent, but still at the end of the day, kind of a dangerous dog, right? A wounded dog is always a dangerous dog, so. I, I just don't think the Bearcats can come in this game and, and really sleep on SMU. They need to come in prepared and, and ready to go. Cause I mean, if I'm Wes Miller and the staff, I'm like, look, we only beat them by two yep. last time. I don't care if it was at SMU. If we sleep, we'll lose. And we've seen in college basketball, anybody, anybody can get got, right, JT? Yep, you're right. And this man. is this is a an SMU team who is looking at their schedule as we film this. This is an SMU team that has a, suffered a eight-point loss to TCU early in the season. TCU is now ranked in the top 25. They got dog-walked by Houston and UCF in the early stages of conference play. But they also this is an SMU team that put up 90 versus Tulane in their first matchup. And then they put up 85 versus Memphis in their second one. This is a team that they have shown stretches where they can they can score the ball. They're coming off a they have a 72 to 71 victory over Tulane or over Temple back at the beginning of February. But this is a team that they they're capable of scoring the ball. Like they they have the talent to score the ball. It's just been a very inconsistent season, as we've mentioned. Yeah, and, and listen, look, I think the crowd's going to be hyped up. It's going to be jumping in in, in uh, Fifth Third Arena. It's going to be a 2 p.m. game, so it's like a sweet spot of a time. It's not too early. 
you know, like those noon games, it's like people rolling a little bit late. Saturday yeah. night was a little tough. People chucked yeah. the skyline. And then, you know, 2 p.m. is a good time, a good sweet spot. Um, let me oh, let me ask you this. Thoughts on senior night. So we got Juice. Obviously, we just talked about him. Kalu and Rob uh, walking out on senior night. Thoughts on Kalu? JT? Kalu, like... I expected more from Kalu early in the season, but I feel like when Kalu got buried and he came back, I feel like he's every time he comes in the game, he gets positive minutes. And it's like, that's what you expected to see. So, like, I'm like, and Kalu could have did everything to like dip. Like, you know what I mean? You saw people mm-hmm. in the program that had no time left, and they're like, man, I'm about to just go overseas. And he didn't do that. Like, so I got much respect for Kalu just because he stuck it out and then he actually has done positive like when he when stuff wasn't going right he could have tucked his tail and been like you know what man f this i'm yeah. gone you know what i mean and he didn't right. do that so i got much respect like i wish like he's a story for like kids to me like like young men like watch him like don't worry about the stats it's gonna come you know what i mean like you just gotta work and if you put the work in it's gonna show and i feel like that's what it's done like now when he comes in like you know he's he does positive stuff you know what i mean he held it down while Vic was gone um, now they're a little bit deeper in the front court now, and you and I, I'm I'm um, super proud for him. Like just like man, that's pretty dope for him to do what he did. Because a lot of kids, man, when you go from averaging what twelve and six to then you don't get much PT. I mean, for four years he was the man at Old Dominion. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it wasn't like he was a guy that wasn't playing, and they just was like, oh, let's just give him a shot. You know, it just didn't work out early, but he kept battling. So that was dope to see him fight through that. Um, that's a hell of a testimony. And yeah. um, I just, so just want to give props. High, high character guy, man. That's high. Yeah, character. man. Yeah, because a lot of people, you, you will, a lot of people will be like, you know, F this. I've been the man. I've been whatever, whatever he was at, in A10. And he could have been like, ah, whatever. But he stuck it out, man. Super high character. I think he's going to be successful, whatever he does, just because of that. Like that proved a lot. He probably proved a lot to himself, too. But. I mean, just for people on the outside looking in, you're like, man, that's that's a hell of a kid just to go through that and to really stick it through. Yeah. And, Neil, I know you love saying his full name, so you're going to miss that. So your thoughts on Kalu? Yeah, I think JT kind of hit it on the head. I mean, this was a guy who was averaging 12-7 and seven at Old Dominion the last four years, comes in this offseason. I think, I think everyone, including myself, has had big expectations coming into the season, but everyone knows it's kind of hard to find your role once you make that transfer, take some time to adjust and whatnot. But just overall, the way he fought back, like he was deep out of the rotation. Like there was games, I think it was like a six game stretch where he didn't even see much playing time. But this is something that coach Miller has also like hit on when we've asked him about clue, when he shows the shows up to practice every day, he's given 110%. His work ethic's incredible. This is a guy who's just, just there wants to bring the energy. And I mean, we've all seen it. But this is a guy who he, as JT mentioned, he could have kept his head down and he could have been like, "Yeah, I left this. Like, I'm leaving." Uh, when things weren't going right. But this was a guy who was buried on the bench, and then next thing you know, comes in when Vic goes down, and I mean, he he stepped up significantly for West Miller and the Bearcats during that four game stretch where Vic was out. But overall, this is a kid who just gives his all every day. He's a very high character young man. He very good on and off the court very polite we've talked to him a couple times but he's just a guy there like his work ethic speaks for himself like I think we kind of all seen that but 
everything towards once he started getting that playing time back, like he's made a significant impact for this Bearcats team. Obviously, it's great to have a front court as deep as what Wes Miller has. Obviously, you have Victor Lockin, you have Odia Guama. Now you have Kalu starting to get his feet wet. I mean, everything kind of new, like time would tell for Kalu. But man, he's been he's been impressive here down late. And I'm I'm very curious to see how it transitions over heading into the conference tournament next week for a guy like Kalu Zepke. I knew you had to throw in his full name there at the end. Uh, <laughs> you were excited to do that. Uh, Rob Fennessy. Um, thoughts on Rob? JT? Yeah, man. Rob was a guy, you know, same, just like Kalu. Um, started, you know, I don't know if he started um, all four years, but played a significant amount of big-time basketball in the Big Ten. Um, came here. You could tell he was a dog on defense. Offense, you know, late, you know, left a lot to be desired early. But when he got hurt, when the Bearcats were kind of going through figuring out the rotation, you kind of saw how much how important he was to the team just to be another steady ball handler. And that's why, you know, Juice and uh, Michael Adams-Woods are, are logging so many minutes because they don't have – I mean, you got people that you can kind of – you kind of have to sub to try to make sure one of them are in the game at all times. When Rob was in there, if, you know, Juice was struggling a little bit, you can get him a couple minutes – if if Michael Adams was is shooting bad, you're like, all right, put Rob in there. He's going to play great defense. He's not going to turn the ball over, and he's going to make the right play. They don't have that right now. So, um, and for him to get hurt and then come back and get hurt again, it was just like, man, he just has bad luck, like just super bad luck. But he's just like a real good kid, good young man. Um, but you could tell they're missing him since he's been out. Like, and people – kind of maybe poo-poo on like what his stats look like but if you watch the game he's a guy that gives them a credible um defender in the backcourt and he gives them a credible ball handler in the backcourt and it was a couple one of his last games i want to say that was the most impressive to me i don't think his stat line was great or if you saw it but i think he had like two steals and maybe like two points and an assist but if you saw that everybody oh he only had two points assists and two steals but when the game got dicey he was the one handling the ball, making sure to break, beating the press and doing certain things. And he made his free throws. And that was huge, man. It's like, and he wasn't, he probably played 10 to 15 minutes, you know? So um, it, it's one of those things like, you know, he wasn't here long, but he just had some bad injury luck. And that sucks even for him. And it sucks for the Bearcats program. Cause um, I think if they had Rob, I think a couple of these games they lost at the end, I don't think they would have lost. Yeah. Neil thoughts on Rob. Yeah, so obviously everyone who's followed Rob throughout before coming to Cincinnati know he's a very elite defender. We've seen it at Indiana during his first four years. Uh, but this is a guy who has made some big-time shots in all of college basketball, too. I mean, you look back a couple years, I think it was two years ago, he hit that. yeah, two years ago, he hit the corner three to beat Purdue at the buzzer. So this is a guy who's been an elite defender, but he's also knocked some big-time clutch shots down during his college career. However, injuries just had hit him at the worst times. I mean, he suffered the fractured foot early in the season. Now this time it's a knee injury. And, I mean, he was coming back. And, I mean, he overcame a lot to come back from that broken foot. Like, he missed, I believe it was 13 games, 13 or 14 games. But to find the willpower to come back, like, Rob was another guy who could have just kind of 
put his head down after the first injury, but he was constantly in the gym getting up, trying to get that rehab up. Comes back, plays a big role in, I believe, five games before suffering the knee injury versus Tulsa. But for us who've watched him uh, throughout his career and covering this team, this is a guy that is about the dirty work. Like, he doesn't have to be going out there scoring 15 points a game, all that. This is a guy who he can stuff the stat sheet, but he's also a guy who is not afraid to get his hands dirty. If there's a loose ball and Rob Finnessy's healthy and on the court, good chance he's being on the ground to get that ball. Uh, Coach Miller gave him a lot of praise in this week. Uh, He kind of talked about uh, how uneventful it is to see him go through the two injuries he went through this year. However, but this is a guy, Coach Miller even said it, he goes, this is a guy who will do anything he can to make to be make this team successful. And he's a guy who loves to do the dirty work, make this anything to make this team better. And that's just the kind of guy Rob is. Like, I mean, we've all seen it on and off the court. Like, I think testifying to what JT said there, I mean, I think if he's healthy, uh, definitely here in the later stretch of the season, if he's healthy, there's a couple of games where you've, He's out there on the court healthy. The Bearcats could turn that win, turn that loss into a victory. But just this is a guy who just cares so much about the sport. Uh, Coach Miller said, like, he wishes fans would have got to see the full Rob Finnessy this season for his final year of eligibility. Uh, But he knows the potential that Rob had because they got to see it in practice is what he told us on Tuesday. But overall, like, Rob has such a great future ahead of him. I believe he's working on his master's right now from what I remember, but obviously injuries have plagued him during his career, but coaching is definitely in the future for Rob Finnessy. Not sure if he knows that or not, but personally I could see him being a great coach. Uh, He's just got such a great feel for the game. So overall, there's a lot of positive things you could say about Rob Finnessy. The Kenyon segment, Keys to the Game, was sponsored by Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota. Come see fellow Bearcat Greg Hood at Beachmont Toyota for all your Toyota needs, cars, trucks, and SUVs. Greg Hooden at Beachmont Toyota is ready to help you get into your new Toyota. You're listening to the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. Now, this is where we cover hot topics. The conference tournament is upon us, and this tournament is crucial for the Bearcats. Win it all, and we're dancing. Now, I want to ask you guys, what is the most memorable conference tourney that you can remember as a Bearcat fan? Uh, JT, I want to start with you. All right, man. I have, generically, the one I remember the most was when when UConn was still in the AAC. And remember the dude hit the the full court shot? Over uh, Kevin Johnson, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Man, that was crazy. That was like one of one I'll never forget, even though it was like – and dude traveled too, so don't get me wrong. <laughs> that he, I, took, he caught wait, it, took was, two steps and no dribble. That was the triple overtime game, correct? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He oh, took wow. two dribble. He took no dribble. <laughs> he took two steps. That was out of balance play. Not on a fast break, but anyways. Neither here nor there. But um, that one, and then, like, when the Bearcats, when they won, the last time they won the AAC tournament, 
um, with the Cumberland team and stuff like that. So that was just uh, um, that was just memorable because and then they went back to back. So that was pretty dope. So yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. Neil. Yeah, I think I think my favorite when I was a student, my favorite was seeing both of those teams go back back to back conference tournament championships with Jaron, Trey, Keith Williams. I mean, seeing both of those teams go back to back was phenomenal, especially in the final game. I think they had to overcome Houston in the conference championship to get that second one. But overall, I mean, the the history those two teams had was phenomenal. But then if you talk about covering this team, like this is actually like conference tournament memories. Uh, I covered my first conference tournament last season. Uh, so that was a pretty cool experience, but I'll also be heading down to Fort Worth next week to cover this conference tournament as well. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. So I'm, I'm going to take you guys back a little bit. Neil, you won't know nothing about this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take you back to 1997 to 1998 season uh, when I played. Uh, we went 27 and 6 on the season, 14 and 2 in the conference. Uh, during conference play, we won the league. Now, we had the conference tournament. This is when we were in Conference USA. We had the conference tournament at home in the shoe. Okay, so first round, we beat Louisville 64 to 50. Second round, we beat UAB 100 to 85. Championship game, we beat UNC Charlotte. They're now Charlotte, but at the time, UNC Charlotte, we beat them 71 to 57. Now, the, the reason this is so memorable, obviously, I was I was playing, but um, we I don't know that we were considered going into the season to be this, you know, great juggernaut team or whatever. But I, I, I think this season is one of Huggins best coaching seasons ever. Uh, one of them. Um, I thought he did a great job of blending us and, and helping us deal with a lot of adversity uh, that this team faced. But. I remember that night when we beat Charlotte. Charlotte was a big-time rival, Diego Guevara. It was just – it was always great to beat Charlotte. Fifth or the shoe. I'm going to call it the shoe because it was the shoe then. The shoe was <laughs> – you know what I'm saying, JT? Yeah, yeah for it sure. Shoe. Um, it was It was rocking. And I will never forget – this is what I remember about this. We cut down the nets, okay, and everybody got a piece of the net. So we got these Conference USA hats. We got a Conference USA T-shirt. They even gave us conference uh, jackets, although the shirt and the hat were championship. Uh, they said champion on them, but we had a Conference USA jacket we were given. So I took the net, and we all were putting them, like, around our ear like you'd put a pencil in your ear. So we're wearing the net. Like, everybody got a piece of the net. We're wearing the ear. We're wearing our hats. We're wearing our shirts, our coats. And I'll never forget this. We all went to the club after the game. And everybody had the net in their ear. <laughs> had the hat on. Like Sean Myrick was there. Kenyon was there. Had the hat on backwards. And I, I just never forget us like walking through the club like rock stars, man. It was like we just won. And you know back then, man, back then Bearcat basketball was so important to this city. And not to say it's not now. It was a little different back then with, you know, the state of the Reds and the Bengals and, uh, oh, sure. you know what I'm saying? Just, just sports in the city. We were such for a light, light. You know what I'm saying, uh, Yeah, for sure, man. Think about it. Like, the Bengals were 
super trash back then. Y'all, <laughs> <laughs> y'all got more juice than y'all had more juice than the Bengals back then. That's for sure. Y'all probably had the breads were up and down. But I think they might have been a little trashy that year too. Or yeah, yeah I, they was a little trashy. They weren't as trash as the Bengals, but they was a little trashy. They had they had a little stench. So yeah, <laughs> so so yeah, y'all you guys were running 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 rough shot around here. <laughs> I don't I don't remember I don't remember how the Reds did that year. I don't I mean, think they were trash, but I, I mean I know they weren't like I feel like I the last year they made the playoffs before then it was like 95 and they played the Braves. I'm gonna say no, is it Braves? No, they played the Dodgers 94, 95, and I know they didn't make it after that for a while. Well, this was yeah. 98. I don't think they won 80 games. Yep. They nah, won the nah, World I'll, Series in 99, if I remember right. No, nah, 90, 90. 90? Okay, yeah, then yeah, I'm nah, off. Nah. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah, they, they, no, that is right. 90 was the last one. If it was 99, yeah. I would have been in that parade, bro. I would have been Man, uh, uh, for sure. <laughs> I was in high school, but I would have been down here. I'm like, oh, I'm coming. <laughs> um, yeah, but we were just we – were, we were such a big part of this sports community and in a bright light. So I, I would never forget walking to the club wearing our – I mean, our whole fit. Like we'd have our uniform on, like you know, we but we had the whole conference USA championship fit on. <laughs> and that year, if you remember, and I, I go from a bright spot to a dark spot, something I'll never forget. We go to the NCAA tournament and they stick us out in Boise, Idaho. Have you guys ever been to Boise, Idaho? No, Neil, no. you've been okay, don't. So we're, <laughs> we're, we're in Boise. Um, that's the L in itself. Like just yeah. thinking about that now, like you put some <laughs> urban kids in Boise, you're gonna lose fast. Man, it was it was it was, it was be better off going to Vegas. Uh well it would have been bad, but that could have been bad too. That could have been it, it could have been bad, but it could have been better. You know what I mean? At least you have a better story to tell. Yeah, we would have had a better story. Boise, there was there was nothing outside of that that hotel. I'll tell you that. It probably, it was, it probably, stuff probably closed at 7 o'clock back then. It, it was, <laughs> hey, it was all about hoop in Boise. That's for, that's for sure. You know what's crazy? Yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a fun fact about that trip. So we actually practiced at a high school in Boise. I'll never forget this, man. So here we are, the team in Cincinnati. We're, we're one of the top teams in the country. Um Kenyon Martin obviously is a rock star. And we go to this high school to practice in Boise. And they had just finished practicing the high school team. And they were like in awe of us walking in. They were like, oh my God, the Cincinnati Bearcats. And we look on the wall of the team, the like the current team had like a big, like, it was kind of like one of them like posters or whatever, like a team poster. Yeah. And guess what kind of uniforms they had? Had had the had the Bearcat style. Bearcat copy uniform. We're like, I remember us just going like, wait a minute, what? Like they had the, block, the blocks on us. Obviously, like they were like Russell Brand or like yeah, Chicago. still tight though. They, they had the blocks, and we're like, that's when we realized like, yo, this is like all across because we didn't have social media back then. Like, yeah, we, yeah, for sure. We didn't have cell phones to that extent, but it was like, yo, we got. We got these little white kids and sorry, white kids in and Boise <laughs> that are all about the, you know, it was just it was it was odd to a lot of us. Yeah. But but okay, the point of my my here, <laughs> my bad. I went on a little tangent there. Um, so we're playing West Virginia, okay, second round. 
We make it past the first round, playing the second yeah. round. We are losing 70, I think it's 72 to 71. Uh Dewan Baker hits a three, hits a three-pointer. Um, like I think it was the left left side because it was actually it was left side, it was near the bench. I remember jumping up and down. Hits a three, puts us up 74 to 72 with seven seconds to go. And I'm jumping up and down. I'm like, yes, we won. We're going to the next round. I can't even remember. We might be going to California, like Anaheim, if we win that game. So I was all hyped up about that. <laughs> I was hyped. And then West Virginia's guard, I can't remember his first. But I think his last name was West. He was number like 23 or something. He dribbles all the way the length of the court and shoots this shot, man. I, and I talked to Ruben about this. Ruben Patterson actually tips the shot, and it banks in. Dang. For the win. And I'm telling you, if and Rube and I have talked about this, if Rube did not tip that shot, it's too hard. It, it bricks off the back. Dang, for, that's crazy. Yes. Um, and I'm sure, I, and I've never looked, but I'm sure you can find that video somewhere on the internet of, of that game ending. Right, It was crazy. That, that was one of the most devastating losses I've ever been part of, man. Like, yeah, um, Levitt was crushed. DeJuan Baker was crushed. He was our captain. Kenyon's trying to pick people up off the ground and get us off the court because we were just yeah. so devastated. And I'll never, I'll never forget. But I'm, I'm here to say that was, I think, one of Huggins. And I'm obviously I'm biased because I was on that team. I think it was one of his best coaching yeah. jobs ever because of the team the adversity we dealt with. Yes, we had one of the best players in the country and Kenyon Martin, who was he Kenyon was like on the rise to being one, you know, the guy, right? He wasn't, yeah. there, but he was one of the best. Uh gosh, man, that was a that was a we dealt with so much adversity internally, man, but uh, that Conference USA Championship was awesome, but a devastating loss in the uh, tournament. The Twyman segment is sponsored by 93 Ways to Mentor. 93 Ways to Mentor is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that specializes in empowering youth in the greater Cincinnati area through mentoring, therapy, education, and financial support. To support, visit the website, 93waystomentor.com, or contact Derek Adams at 513-310-17. 15. Fellas, this concludes another great podcast. Thanks to all of our sponsors, Taxley, Donahue Accounting Services, Greg Hood and Beachmont Toyota, and 93 Ways to Mentor. And we want to remind all Bearcat fans out there to visit Meals Pizzeria at 2634 Shortvine before and after all Bearcat football and basketball games. Get there early because the place is packed on Bearcat game days. Thanks to Kelly and Richard Meals for the support of the Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast. The Bearcat Tip-Off Talk podcast presented by Taxley. Taxley offers the first apprenticeship program for careers in tax law and consulting. So for those who thought the CPA was the only way to a prestigious tax career, let Taxley show you the importance of becoming an enrolled agent. Visit Taxley.com to learn more. Now, we will be back with another new episode once the conference tournament brackets are set. We don't know them yet. They'll be set soon. Um, I have tryouts for AU uh, for my Shining Star AU basketball program on Sunday. Uh, I will not be in the house, miss the Bearcat game. Um, so I'm uh, a little sad because I would like to be there for uh, for Senior Day. I always love that. Uh, Neil, I'm sure you're going to be in the house holding it down for us. Yes, sir. I'll be there. I think JT will be there as well. Correct. Yeah, I should be. I got to see what's what. I know, like, see what this rain does, and then because my boy got a 
baseball, first baseball tournament. So let's see. You know how that is on Sunday. First, first baseball tournament of the Yeah, man. I guess would it be spring yet? Spring, or? winter. Yeah. <laughs> they out there, man. They ain't play. I'm like, man, first week, y'all killing it. <laughs> I'm like, man. I'm not like, man, I'm just like, dude, just hit close, hit round 250 until it get warm. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out hitting, hitting good. It's all good. I'm like, oh man, he about to kill it, super kill it. But yeah, it's, you know, the weather's iffy. You got my allergies all crazy because it got hot, got oh. warm fast, man. I'm like, this is not what I wanted. Really? And that was cold. This I went to work out um, early this morning. I'm like, man, it was, it's cold, man. It's ridiculous, man. I'm over here. Conge- I mean, congested for the last two weeks. Jeez. It's like, man, it's ridiculous. Because I had, normally I'll stay on top of it, but I've been chilling. Cause I'm like, man, it's, I'm in fine. And boom. Man. Got um, my ass. Speaking <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, of baseball, uh, JT, um, we talked about the uh, opening day game coming up soon. Um <laughs> I'm heading down to uh, enjoy the festivities. Are you? Oh, yes, yeah, legit. Yep. Are you guys gonna go? Uh, oh, I'm gonna I'll probably try to swing down there and I hang need out. To see, man. There. If Holy I can get my, we're gonna meet I'm the whole year. I might see. I might see, man. I need to see what I can do. Come on, see let's if see. I can wiggle, wiggle around. It's a national holiday. Come on, we're gonna meet it down is, the Holy Grail, um, and we're gonna we're gonna turn up a little bit. Just a little bit, Maybe, yeah. Just yeah, I might bit. see, man. I might see if I can pull it off, man. I'm gonna get everybody a shot of chili. Nah, I can't roll with that. <laughs> oh, you ain't down with that? I ain't down with that one. <laughs> you can have that one. I'll let you. The drinks you gotta be flowing in order of that to happen, Meech. No, nah, I can't. <laughs> nah, ain't, ain't ain't enough drinks. Yeah, I was about to say ain't enough for that one. And I've I've been on the wrong side of that, but I ain't never. <laughs> nah, nope. No means no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I I've got to get on. Um, Contacting this kid that, that that chugs this chili to get him on the podcast. I'm going to interview him. Um, yeah, you got, it's going to be solo. Like I'll be on there, but like <laughs> mute. <laughs> I'll be on mute. I'll just either be laughing or like just disgusted by his answers. That's it. That's all, that's all I got for you. No sugar coated. I can't ask him no questions, man. Oh, all right, all right. Watching him eat that chili makes my stomach hurt every time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I gotta go use the restroom. <laughs> Make sure you gotta use the restroom. Like, I ain't had nothing to do with it. I gotta use the restroom. I'm like, I'll, I'll be back, guys. <laughs> why he was in the bathroom? You know what? I, I think I think we need to wrap this up. <laughs> I think we need to. Well, I want to thank all the. We, no, we want to thank all the Bearcat fans out there for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Tip Off Talk podcast presented by Taxi. Go Bearcats!